Um, tonight, if you have a Bible, I want you to go to Romans chapter 12, and uh, we're going to just look at some some verses. <laughs> some verses. Uh, yeah. So if you guys bring that's really good chicken adobo. Oh, there might be chicken adobo next week for Christmas because that's my culture, homie. It'll probably get like it'll probably get like eaten up that quick, dude. Christmas, man, it's gonna be so good. So Romans twelve, we'll, we'll begin in verse nine out of Romans twelve. And uh, I, tonight, I want to I want to speak about. You might have seen this on Facebook called "Grace and Relational Conflict." Okay. And um, you know, it, I just this is my heart because I know we had like a like a Dom, Dom, Dom shared something, but Dakota had an awesome message a couple weeks ago, right? And um, and then we had Thanksgiving break, and here we are. So it's it's just been like kind of like a you know not as consistent. Because uh, we're having a week off and stuff, but um, in light of you know, there's been there's been some crazy stuff happening. I can't talk right now. Um, it's happened to me too on campus today. By the way, uh, <laughs> campus outreach today was amazing. Yeah. Like, dude, we we went up there. So just like you know, and I've shared this dozens of times now, probably. But we go on, on Thursdays at U Hour from twelve to one. And uh, we just, we have a sign that says free encouragement on it, and we literally just prophesy over people. And, uh, dude, it's amazing, man. The first group that we talked to, like, literally the first group, like, we literally, like, set up our little (laughs) sign, and then we prayed for, like, 30 seconds. (laughs) And there's some high school students that were there visiting from Temecula because they're doing, like, you know, visit a campus or whatever. And uh, what is it, campus tour? Is that what it's called? Yeah, so they're doing that, and they're from Chaparral and in, in, uh, in Temecula, which is funny because my little brother's graduated from there too, so it was just a crazy thing. So we invited them to come over and like, hey, you want a free encouragement? So we ended up prophesying over three of them and just giving them words, and, and they were they were blessed. And, and then I, this is literally, I mean, I, I, literally I'm thinking like, because there's a group of about seven of them, and I was like, snap, I have a group, and we have a captive audience. I must preach the gospel. <laughs> and so I literally preached, like, I don't know, like three minutes of the, like, simple gospel message. Like, you know, just like, hey, Jesus died and wants you to have your sins forgiven, a home in heaven, and a relationship with you. And, and I said, is that something you guys want to do today? And they're like, yeah. You know, like, yeah. And so I was like, let's bring it in like a football huddle. And we all came together, and we all prayed, and they all accepted Jesus as their Lord and as their Savior right there on the campus. Awesome, man. And so, like, one of them had already accepted Christ, but the other six, I, I don't know where they came from, but uh, or what where they're coming from with their faith, but it was so amazing, man. That's six people that have said yes to Jesus today, man. Oh, and I was pumped, man. I was pumped. And that's how we started our outreach. So then after that, like, People just kept coming out. We got to minister to other high school students and different people, and and man, it was it was awesome. So, anyway, I think our last one will be next Thursday, right? Is that like right? So next Thursday, it is finals week, so definitely people need some serious encouragement. And so anyway, okay, it's not okay. Whatever it is, we probably okay. We got like one or two more weeks left. What's the point? Like y'all should come. Thursday, 12 to 1, we're, we're right up there. If not, you can meet us here. We'll walk up together, whatever. But um, anyway, all right, so that was amazing. Uh, all that being said, in light of recent events, how many of y'all know, like, the last three weeks since November 8th, 
uh, was election day, right? Uh, since that day and up until this day, which is December 1st, it's been about three weeks. How many of y'all have experienced a little bit of like shaking, right? You know, in, in relationships, um, uh, you know, you can go on Facebook, you can talk to your friends and different things. There has been a little bit of shaking going on that I, I really believe that the devil is using this time to release a spirit of fear and division over the church. And, and I've been seeing this happen and in, in releasing that in the atmosphere. And, and how many of y'all know, like, the news doesn't really help with life, you know, and like, and I, even before the elections, I was like, I would, I would be at home watching the news going like, what the heck, man? Like, this is the most depressing channel that I've ever seen. You know what I'm saying? Like, they show you every bad thing that's happening in San Diego County. And I'm like, and this is when I came up with the idea, because Susan Taylor works for one of the newscast ladies. Uh, or the weather weather girl or something for what channel? What channel? I don't know. Do you know what channel? I don't know what channel. And so as we were hanging out with her, Fox. Is it Fox? Okay. So Susan Taylor works for her. She's like a nanny for her or whatever. And I started thinking like, dude, Susan, you need to tell her to suggest this. I was like, how cool would it be if the news actually had a good news hour? Like where they, for an entire hour, every time they do their thing, like, or maybe even 30 minutes, whatever it is, all they're doing is they're, they were looking around San Diego County going like, what good things are happening? How amazing would that be? Because how many of y'all know like what you listen to determines what you believe in? Faith comes by. So what you're listening to all the time. You always—it's going to form your belief systems. That's just the way it is. And so, if we're—if we, have, you know, it's the principle called garbage in, garbage out. Garbage. <laughs> if you—if you feed on, you, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like you become what you eat. You know, and this is. This is what happens. So, how many of y'all know, like, any type of news thing or anything, any, anybody inspiring you to hate somebody else, definitely don't want to listen to that. You know what I'm saying? If there's any newscaster or any, you know, politician or any leader or any church person that, or any person that you come across in life, a, a coach, a, a manager, whatever it is, if they're inspiring you to hate somebody else, how many of y'all know that's called, <laughs> that's definitely not the, the, the Kool-Aid you want to be drinking? You know what I'm saying? Like, if anybody, that, that goes under the category of steal, kill, and destroy, which, by the way, is the devil. You know what I'm saying? So whether they got demons or not, they're definitely working for them. You know what I'm saying? If they're inspiring you to hate, anytime anyone else is inspiring you to hate anybody else, definitely don't want to listen to that voice because that's called the devil. That's steal, kill, and destroy. It's not under the category of abundant life. And so all that being said, Sometimes the news causes us to focus on negativity. And, and I, I just really believe that relationships have been in conflicts because of the last three weeks. Like for real. And, and, and even just not even just the last three weeks, there's been stuff that's happening in our nation that, that is causing relationships to be in conflict. And my heart tonight is to actually equip us to, to be able to handle things with grace. This is why it's called grace and relational conflict. I really believe that, that there's some things, and there's some things that I'm going to share that I, I've learned. Actually, I've learned them the hard way. <laughs> I've learned them the hard way. How many of y'all learned lessons the hard way? You know what I'm saying? And it's not the funnest way to learn things, but you learn it, though. I mean, you, you're like, I ain't doing that again. And because, you know, there's different times. Like, when I got saved, I was, I was about 17 years old. Before I got saved, I was, I was dating this girl who was a Mormon. And I didn't, know, I didn't care about religion. I didn't care about anything mu- I, too much. I mean, I kind of did, but not really. So before I got saved, I was dating this Mormon girl. After I got saved, I still, like, you know, talked to her every once in a while or whatever. Like, we're still kind of friends or whatever. But then I found out she was a Mormon. And then I found out <laughs> that, like, oh, my gosh, I can, I can argue her. <laughs> and so I started, we, we started this email thing back and forth. And I literally, I still have it on my, my Yahoo account, which I don't really use often at all. But, like... 
if I go back to the year of 2001, hallelujah, I still have emails from 2001, 2002. And if I go back to those, I, can, I looked them up, like, this is a little while ago, I looked them up, and I'm like, I was such a stinking jerk, man. So I, this is what I would do. I would, I would email her, hey, I, you guys believe this or whatever, and she's like, no, I actually believe this. And then I would Google some things about why Mormons are wrong, and then I would, and then I would like, basically copy and paste stuff and send it back to her. And then like, she'd send a rebuttal back to me, and I'd be like trying to, I would be like debunking all of her arguments over and over because some fool already did it on some blog somewhere and so I would copy his stuff and put it on my email and then I would be like you know in a sense winning the arguments over and over and have these email conversations and by the end of it how many know she just she didn't get converted she didn't care because I was a jerk <laughs> and I learned the hard way that evangelism doesn't come by winning an argument and you can go to apologetics classes, you can go to all these things, and they'll tell you how to debunk Jehovah's Witnesses, they'll tell you how to debunk Mormonism, they'll tell you how to debunk uh, Muslim and Islam and all this stuff. And at the end of the day, how many souls are they winning? <laughs> I don't know. But all we did was tell some things about their life that we didn't know but God knew on campus today. We prophesied some things. We never met these kids before. We told them things about their life that we didn't know but God knew. And, 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 and people said yes to Jesus that quick, man. And I didn't win an argument. <laughs> I didn't, you know, sit there and tell them why, what they believe. I didn't go like, hey, what do you believe in? Oh, okay, well, let me tell you why that's wrong. You know, like, <laughs> I mean, no, that's being a jerk. <laughs> and now if they're having an honest, open conversation, then cool, let's, let's go back and forth and be real about it and be respectful. But I learned some of these relational things that I'm telling you the hard way. Another one was when I was, uh, again, I, this is the first year of me being saved. I was all zeal, no knowledge, not even, oh, maybe like, you know, 2% love. 98% zeal. I was like a freight train. I'll run you over with the gospel, and I didn't care. If, you know, like I would. This I'm telling you the truth, and when I tell you this story, you'll know what I mean. I I I, uh, I was really fired up, man. And so I was one time. I was at home, and um, my mom was like washing dishes or something, and my sister was just hanging out. And uh, there was some article in the newspaper about the homosexual community. Now, me being the overzealous person. Uh, with 2% love and 90%, 98% zeal, um, I <laughs> did not function out of the 2% love that I had experienced with the Lord. It was just all zeal. Uh, I said some kind of comment like, well, they're not going to go to heaven. And my mom, she heard me say that, and she said, <laughs> she's like, how do you know? And, she's like, and so she started like kind of going back and forth with me. She's like, I believe all past lead did the same thing. And this is literally what I said. I'm telling you the truth. This is what I said. I said, well, may... <laughs> all paths may lead to the same place, but they ain't get inside the gates without the blood of Jesus. <laughs> I said, that their path might get them to the gates, but they ain't getting inside. <laughs> and I, I'm telling you, this is literally what's coming out of my mouth, arguing with my mom, who is not a believer. <laughs> At least at that time. And so, th <laughs> so then... It, get, it gets really heated, and she ends up telling my dad, and my dad ends up telling my grandpa. My grandpa's kind of like the patriarch of the family. He used to lead worship with my grandma when she was a worship leader before she passed away. And so he's like the, the grandpa at the Thanksgiving meal or at the Christmas dinner who's like, you know, we all wait for the patriarch to say the blessing, you know, so we all like bow our heads, hold hands, you know, and then he's like, Heavenly Father, you know, like, and does this amazing prayer, right? So this is my grandpa. <laughs> And so my grandpa starts writing me letters. Like, like, remember, this is 2001, 2002. Email wasn't that cool back then. And so he, 
he, he's like writing me letters. He's literally handwriting me letters about, he thinks I'm in some kind of weird brainwashed thing that I'm preaching false doctrine and all this stuff. So we ended up writing letters back and forth. And this whole thing happened where I started discovering that it's the, it's the goodness and it's the love of God that leads people to repentance and not me being a jerk about the truth. How many of y'all know that you can be right and wrong all at the same time? Yeah. That you can actually have all the right answers and still be completely wrong. And you can even have scriptures to back up all your right answers yet still be completely wrong at the same time. And because, it, because it's more important to be reconciled than it is to be right. Whoa. <laughs> it's more important that I'm connected with Dominic at the end of the day than if I win the argument. <laughs> because guess what's going to happen? There's not going to be arguments in heaven, but there, are, there is going to be relationships. That's, that's what's more important in life. And so these kind of things, I learned the hard way. <laughs> I burnt bridges like crazy, man. Now I can talk to my mom with, a, with a, you know, an honoring conversation about the gospel. And, and, and we can disagree, and it's totally cool. Like, because our relationship's more important than agreement. See, the, the problem what happens is, and the, the reason why relational conflict happens so many times in our lives, is because we think that it's always about agreeing with everybody. The, the, the real communication and the real goal of communication is to understand, not to agree. And that's why we have denominations. <laughs> because we divide everywhere we disagree, and that's why we have like 30,000 Christian denominations. You know the Catholic Church only split twice in, in the 2,000 years of Christianity, and the Christian Church, the Protestant, ever since the, the Reformation, we split like 30,000 times or something like that. There's that many denominations. <laughs> You want to know why? Because we don't know how to disagree and still be in the same family. Whoa. Oh. Whoa. Preach. Wow. <coughs> and that's a problem. That's a big problem, man. Because if we can't learn to disagree and still love each other, then we, we are messing with the prayer of Jesus where he says, they pray that they would all be one, even as me and the Father are one. He wants, to, he wants us to understand that, that relationships can actually function. Bill's ready to say amen. He loves this stuff. He just creeped in the door. He's like, man, I love this stuff, man. <laughs> but, <laughs> just because I know his heart of love. This is, this is, the, this is the thing. If, if everything we have to agree on everything, man, there would be no churches, man. It's not possible for everyone to agree on every single thing, but it is possible for us to be in the midst of disagreement yet still be in unity. It's, it's like, I may not have the same end times view as you, but I still believe Jesus Christ is the Savior and the Lord of all. And you do too because you put your faith in Him. Yeah, yeah. And that's how we can come together under the banner of Jesus. You, you may have voted for Trump and, or you may have voted for Hillary or you may have not voted because you were just frustrated with the whole thing. But I'm not going to let that divide us because what brings us together is the name of Jesus. Yeah, it's good. And it's very important for us to embrace this because, because if we don't, then we will actually be embracing a spirit of division. And I love what Pastor Daniel said. I think it was this Sunday or the last Sunday, second, two weeks ago. He said that division, like unity is part of our creation. We were meant to be one with the Lord and one with each other. And, and, and uh, when Pastor Daniel was speaking about this, he said that division is actually a perversion of creation. Wow. Whoa. Whoa. We weren't meant to be divided, man. Wow. We were meant to actually be in the family. Like Bill <laughs> yeah. That's true. It's so good. It's, it's, it's the reality that we're actually meant to be together on this thing. Man. And, and so um, 
let me just let me just read through some of this stuff here. Uh, we'll, I want to I want to read out of Romans twelve, and I, let me just say a couple more things. It, it's important for us to have God's ways embedded in our hearts, so that way, when trials and conflict come, then we can respond like God does. And, and sometimes we resort back to fear, confusion, bitterness, and hatred because we've all, we've, all, we've all felt those things and we've all functioned those things. But how many know that's a distortion of our creation? We're never meant to function in fear, confusion, bitterness, and hatred. But we've all feel, we all feel this stuff. So what are we supposed to do? We, we've got to go back to the Lord and say, Lord, <coughs> right? Because Lord is, means that He's the boss. When you make Jesus your Lord, it means you surrendered your rights. And we say, Lord, I surrender to you and the Holy Spirit in your ways. I, I, I realize that I haven't got it all figured out. And I realize that I'm reacting out of a lot of turmoil that's going on inside of here. But I've got to go back to you and, and do a fresh surrender. Because yeah. I've been in charge of this thing, and I need you to be back in charge. Because when I'm in charge, things get in all disarray. But when the Lord is in charge, everything works properly. I'm, I'm, man, I'm telling you the truth. I've been doing this. I've been going hard for the Lord for 15 years, and He's never let me down. Every single time I surrender to Him, every single time I let go of things that He wants me to let go, and He puts His finger on, every time I let go of it, every time I, I do what He's asking me to do, He never, never, never lets me down. He never fails me every single time. And there's been some really costly things. It costs. It costs when the Lord tells you that you can't. He said, no, I want you to stay right there. You're not allowed to go anywhere. It costs when he, when he puts his finger on a relationship and he says, can I have that? Mm-hmm. It, it costs when, when, he, when he says, can you give that amount of money away to somebody? It costs when he says, can you fast for this time? It, it costs when he says, can you forgive that person? This is costly stuff, man. Yeah. Christianity is not for the faint of heart. Mm-hmm. Our salvation is for free, but discipleship costs us everything. Yeah. If you want to become like Jesus, it'll, it'll cost you everything. Yeah. You go to heaven, cool, that's for free. But I don't think anyone in this room just wants to make it in heaven by the skin of their teeth. I think they want to get to heaven with some fullness of rewards up in there. Because <laughs> you know, did you know this? I haven't even got, I'm, I'll get you some, right? Like, I don't think any of us, <laughs> like, I, I just believe that, like, we, like, we want to store ourselves treasure up in heaven, man. Like, I, I just, I, anyway, I'm, I'm, all right, here we go. Romans chapter 12, verse 9. In my Bible, the heading, which is not scripture, but the heading says, behave like a Christian. (laughs) In the New King James, it says, behave like a Christian. Romans 12, 9 says, let love be without hypocrisy. Or let it be sincere, one translation says. Abhor what is evil, hate what is evil, and cling to what is good. Verse 10, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another. The kind of people, if we're behaving like Christians, that we will be kindly affectionate to one another, and in honor, we actually give preference. That means you put someone else first, not yourself. Verse 11, not lagging in diligence, but uh, fervent in spirit when you're serving the Lord. Verse 12, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, and continuing steadfastly in prayer. Let me remind you, this is the characteristics of followers of Jesus. Now put yourself... In all this stuff. Verse 13. Distributing to the needs of the saints. Given to hospitality. In other words, taking care of the people who are around you. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Uh, someone, someone said this. They said, 
they said it's better it's to, it's better to light a candle than to curse the darkness. Verse 15, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Someone's weeping because of what happened in the last three weeks. My job isn't to just tell them to suck it up. My job is to weep with them. In other words, get in their pit with them. Let's do some weeping together. All right, cool. Let's get out of it now. (laughs) We're not supposed to live in a pit. Verse 16, be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Oh my God, that will change our lives. (laughs) He who has himself for a counselor has a fool for a counselor. That's not the Bible. That's just Pastor Daniel quote. Verse 17, repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live at peace with all men. Verse 19, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place for wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. I had to tell this to somebody one time when they found out their wife was committing adultery on them with a guy at her work. And I said, I said, hey, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. It's not yours to give vengeance back to the dude or to the wife. Verse 20, therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. And it lands on this. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And that's just the Bible, man. I didn't even, I mean, I kind of preached a little bit, but I just read you, I just literally read you scriptures, man. It kind of speaks for itself. Behave like a Christian. And oh, let me just throw this out here for good measure, just to mess with us. Go to the next verse. The next verse is Romans 13, verse 1. And this should jack us up right here. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and authorities that exist are appointed by God. Mm. <clears throat> and you can get mad at me all you want, but that's the Word of God, man. <laughs> that's the Word of God. Now let me just say that, I'm going to say this very delicately, and, and, and again, I'm not here to, to try to bash people or, or make people feel whatever. I'm here to preach the Word of God. And when we say, not my president... We're actually going against, we're rebelling, Romans 13.1. We're actually in rebellion. According to Scripture, not according to Andrew Hopkins, not according to Summit Church, not according to Pastor Daniel, according to the Bible, according to God. Mm-hmm. And people actually, in the days that they wrote the Scriptures, you think we have issues. In those days, <laughs> Peter writes a verse and he says, Honor the king. Or the emperor. And the emperor of that time was Nero. And Nero was so wicked and evil and full of demons that this dude said, Hey, you guys, Christians, you want to be the light of the world? He would persecute the church so hard that he would take Christians, impale them on a pole, and light them on fire and say, Now you're the light of the world. And Peter, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, says, Honor the king. 
And Paul the Apostle, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, said, Every person who's in authority is there because God has allowed them to be there. And they are set by God. Now, I'm telling you, I'm not trying to be insensitive. I'm not trying to be incompassionate. I'm trying to teach you and preach. I'm just sharing the Word of God. This is not my opinion. Like, this is the Word of God. So if we go like, hashtag not my president, (laughs) and we say we follow Jesus, we are actually in rebellion in our hearts. Whoa, man, I haven't even got to the points yet. (laughs) And let me tell you, there's been times in my life where I haven't agreed with authority. And I actually personally wasn't excited, whether it was an election, whether it was a a spiritual leader in my life, whether it was a manager or a boss that I had. I I used to work at Joe's Crab Shack, and and I'm telling you the truth here. Uh, One of my managers at Joe's Joe's Crab Shack, the restaurant in Oceanside, told me that I was ugly to my face. He said that my pores, like the way that my, my beard was growing out or whatever, he said, dude, you're ugly, man. And he tried to laugh it off. And I'm like, I want to punch you in the face right now. <laughs> and you know what? I probably should have stood up and actually said a few things in a respectful way, but I was so stunned by it. I didn't really know what to say, dude. So I, I'm, I'm not coming from this going like, oh, I've always had really perfect leaders in my life, and they've always just been perfect for me in every way that they've been. I'm coming from this going like, I've experienced people in my life that were above me in authority, and they were actually placed there by God. And if, and if I'm humble enough, I could actually find God working through their lives. If I'm humble enough, then I can see that manager actually driving me to find my identity and security in Christ and not in his opinions. <laughs> I could see that situation as an opportunity for the Lord to speak to me who I really am. Or I could get my panties in a bunch, you know, get all crazy about it. Like, I quit! (laughs) (laughs) And so, uh, tonight, this is the deal. I want to give you practical things to apply to your life. Because I, I honestly really believe that if you take some of these principles, and even if I could just leave it at Romans 12 and we would be good. But there's a few things that I feel like... Because my, my heart is that, that we would still be family even in the midst of, of di- disagreements and even in the midst of different opinions, man. Mm-hmm. That we could still be family. And so here's the deal. The first thing I want to, if we're writing down points and stuff, all, all the other stuff was good too, but here's some categorized points. The first thing in relational conflict is seek to understand. There's something so valuable about understanding. If we would seek to understand, then we would actually build so many bridges and people would actually hear what you have to say because you gave them value. Like, this is the thing. When we actually seek to understand where people are coming from, instead of just telling them my opinion about it, and I'm saying, like, hey, Joel, tell me how that impacted your life. And tell me what that, and, and then he tells me, then I go, oh, my gosh. And I'm actually, and, and I now I go, oh, wow, now I actually know where you're coming from, instead of me assuming. Love does not assume. <laughs> you with me on this? Like, whenever we make assumptions about people, and then we're actually partnering with a judgmental critical spirit because we think we know where they're coming from (coughs) you don't know dude i mean this is the one point where i really feel like you know different when people say like you don't know what i've been through yeah i don't and so let's talk then (laughs) you you know what i'm saying like sometimes people that that'll be the fight but like you don't know what i've experienced you don't know what i've been through and and it's a wall but the way that you break that wall down and say hey can you tell me how what have you been through what have you experienced? Because I didn't grow up in the same neighborhood you did. <laughs> I may have not grown up with the same skin color you did. I may have not grown up with the same uh, family dysfunctions. <laughs> I 
I told one, one girl on campus, I said, hey, listen, all of our families are dysfunctional. My family puts the fun in dysfunction. You know, like, it's okay. Like, just tell us. <laughs> and, and we had a great, it was, it was a moment, you know. And the girl, the girl actually got touched. It was awesome. But we all have stuff. But I, I can't assume that I know you. I can't assume that I know everything you've been through. But I can ask and seek to understand where you're coming from. Right? Because, like, because one person, they're, like, so excited about the election. The other person, they're freaked out. And I can't assume that just because we're at the same church or we're in the same whatever, that you're going to feel the same things I feel. And so it's important for me to understand because if I seek to understand, then I'm showing value for you. And now I can actually know how to approach this relationship now. Because now I'm not trying to judge you thinking that, oh, you're just messed up. You need to get over it. And you need to suck it up. It's like, no, 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 wait. That's a real, like, your, your experience is a valid experience. And I need to understand that. Yeah. I need to understand where you're coming from. Communication, the goal is not agreement. The goal is understanding. And I guarantee when you start communicating love and start understanding, then all of a sudden walls will come down. And now there's a relationship. There's a beautiful exchange happening here. Because now we're not trying to get everyone, hey, come on my team, come on my team. No, 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 you come on my team, you come on my team. It's like, we don't, we don't have to like try to get everyone on my team. <laughs> like it's Jesus. <laughs> Let's get everyone just following Jesus. Instead of trying to get you following on my team. And, and, and the point is, is that when we, when we communicate this, we actually begin to, to commu- communicate uh, healthy, in a healthy way. And now I'm going like, oh, you're a real person. I'm a real person. <laughs> Not like, I'm a real person. My opinion's cool. And I don't care what you think. Because that's how we do it sometimes. I'm going to go like, my opinion's really, my opinion is almost like truth. <laughs> <laughs> and yours is like right not sure about it you know what I'm saying like, and, and so yeah it, it, and, and I've done this with, in different areas too where like sometimes people in the, the, uh, like theological debates sometimes I don't agree with them but I hear them out because I go like I may learn something that I didn't know yeah. and it, it's, it's a humble thing to do and, it, and it, sometimes it costs again with humility but it's so important I actually uh, talked to a few of you guys about what you're experiencing with the election. I also had a phone call with another friend and, and said, hey, what are you experiencing on this? Because your experience is going to be different. And it was so eye-opening. And I learned so much. And there was so much revelation that happened because I took a moment to ask a question. And not just, because this is what we do. We, go, we, <laughs> we find the people who agree with us and then we huddle with them. Yeah. And then we're like, oh, you don't like, oh, okay, no, you're not my friend anymore. <laughs> Unfollow. <laughs> Unfriend. Or whatever. It's like, you can't, man, come on, man. We're family, bro. Like, come on, let's, let's talk about this. Let's understand each other. And that, I, I actually believe that's part of the unity that comes. Number two is who you believe you are determines how you see. Who you believe you are determines how you see. Good. This is important, especially in relational conflict, because sometimes... If, if, we, if we carry like, uh, beliefs about ourselves, uh, then we're, we're going to end up living that out, and then we'll teach people to treat us the way that we believe about us. What does that mean? Uh, what I mean by that is that sometimes, say, say if we believe that we're rejected, that people don't really like us, then we will actually project that into the atmosphere, and we'll walk with a rejected mindset, and then when people reject <laughs> us, it, only, it, it just confirms the lie that we believe in about ourselves. Yeah. Like you walk into a room, no one says hi to you, oh, I'm rejected. No, no, no. I walk into him. If no one says hi to me, I'm still accepted because Jesus accepted me. And I walk with my head tall. And whether you like me or not, I'm accepted. And if I believe that, then I start uh, teaching people how to treat me. 
If, if you know what I'm saying, like there, there's a dude at um, I was at Costco the other night. And there's a guy with like a, a suit jacket on and a tie and this whole deal up. And, and because he dressed so like upscale, I'm like, I'm dressed like this, you know, and I got like, you know, Hunter's like boogers on my shoulder, you know, because he's like, it's not so, you know, I'm coming in there kind of haggardly, you know, and like, he comes up and he says, excuse me, he's like, do you work at Costco? And I'm like, no. And I wanted to be like, no, sir. You know, like, I, I, and I was thinking about this going like, man, I wanted to call him sir just because he was dressed up in a suit. And without him telling me anything, he taught me how to treat him by how he presented himself. Oh, wow. He with me on this? Sometimes we, and this, let's go, this goes in like even dating relationships. Sometimes we wonder why, you know, so girls wonder why they get scandalous dudes. But the way you're dressing is actually advertising for it. Oh, and sometimes guys are carrying themselves so sleazily and they get sketchy girls and they're like, what? <laughs> why? <laughs> like, prayer requests. Why do I always have sketchy people? You know, like, I'm like well, fool, look in the mirror, man. You're advertising for it. <laughs> With your stuff hanging out all over the place. You know, it's like, what the heck, man? <laughs> See, I loosened them up a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I already got married. I don't need to advertise anymore. Anyway, why am I saying that? Like, who you are, who you believe you are determines how you see. So now, how does this go into it? Well, we, what we believe about us, we'll perceive, we'll perceive everything through the filter of what we believe we are. Mm-hmm. So if I believe I'm rejected, then I'll perceive things through the lens of rejected. If I, believe, if I believe people don't like me, then I'll think I'm an unlikable person. I'll perceive every comment. If, even if someone like had, had just made a look, like a, you know, they're like in worship and they're like, oh, yeah. And then they happen to look at you with that stink face on. <laughs> and they're like, why are they looking at me like that? And they'll perce- you'll perceive it as rejection. We're like, bro. They're just getting in the Holy Ghost. Leave them alone. (laughs) Now, I'm messing with you on this, but you can take this in all the different areas, man. Who you believe you are determines how you see. So you got to watch in a relational conflict that sometimes people aren't attacking you. (laughs) The world is not against you. And and I'm lazy to say this just to put a little humility in us. You're not that big of a deal. (laughs) Sometimes we... Now, I believe that we're big deals in God's eyes, but, like, the world's not going to change. Like, like, I, I'm, like sometimes we, we think that, like, everyone's going to notice everything about our lives and all that stuff. And it, it's not, it's just not true sometimes, man. It's a good, humble thing to keep under the radar. Like, there, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> slice a humble pie, man. So does that make sense, who you believe you are determines how you see? So sometimes a relational conflict, it's not really... Uh, what the other person is doing. It's just we got to change how we see ourselves so that we can come to conflict with confidence and with love. You with me on this? Number three is watch out for plank eye. <laughs> <laughs> so good, dude. Watch out for plank eye. This is Matthew 7. This is what he says. Do not judge lest you be judged. Or judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, then you will be judged. The judgment you dish out on people is coming back to you. And with the measure you use, it'll be measured back to you. So this is what he says. He says, And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? That's plank eye. Or how can you say to your brother, Let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye. Verse 5, hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your, other, from your brother's eye. That's plank eye. How many of y'all know pink eye is pretty contagious? Plank eye is too. 
The Bible says a root of bitterness defiles many. So, so misery loves company. And when we, find, when we get bitter about things, then we go and find a few other people who are bitter about it. And we have a little bitter club. You know, and, and then we spit back our opinions on why everyone else is wrong and why we're right. And we're just spewing poison back and forth. And it's pink, it's plank eye, dude. Because the reality is you've got to go back into the mirror of the Word of God and go like, oh my gosh, I'm actually doing something wrong here. There's actually some funk in the way I'm seeing this situation. Sometimes, uh, Oswald Chambers said this. He says, whenever we're judging somebody else, remember that there's always one fact, one piece of information that you do not know. Every time you make a judgment about somebody else, there's always one fact, there's always one piece of information that you don't know. So your judgments are incomplete at best. <laughs> and so the reality is, is like sometimes, sometimes we're, you know, it's like the, you're, you're pointing one finger at someone else, you got three pointing back at you, and the thing that you're releasing to them, you're getting the judgment right back. That's why judge, judging people uh, in a sense of like uh, trying to, you know, pronounce things on people, it's not healthy. Planka, it's a disease and needs to be healed. In other words, when you're going through conflict, always ask the question, is there something in me that's causing me to see this wrong? I always ask, I actually subconsciously ask this question all the time. When I'm in a conflict with somebody, I'm always going like, am I not seeing this right? Like, is there something inside of me? Like, is there a plank in my eye which is causing me to not see this correctly? Because I'm trying to get the speck out of their eye, but I, I might have a hunking log, you know. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And I always ask the question, am I seeing this correctly? And then also other questions like, am I walking in love? Um, <laughs> am I walking in grace? Wait, wait, the biggest question of all of them, am I representing Jesus well? I'm telling you, in every, I'm, this is how I live my life, man. And this is just because I'm trying to follow Romans 12. Am I representing Jesus well? I get convicted, man. If you stop getting convicted, woe is you. You better get yourself sensitized back to the Holy Ghost. Because we need conviction. We need the Holy Spirit to tell us what's up. I get convicted at the littlest things sometimes. And I'm so grateful for it because God keeps me in check. Like even just the other night, flipping through, uh, like watch, trying to find a movie on Netflix, trying to find a movie on, I got Amazon Prime, Netflix, Hulu, and, and uh, Apple TV, and I couldn't find anything. And there were so many sketchy movie-like things out there, dude. There's either like demonized movies or there's like half naked chicks on the covers. And I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I cannot get this trash in my eye gates. <laughs> garbage in, garbage out. I don't want that. And I get convicted at little things. And that may be a little thing to you, but to me it's like, man, my relationship with Jesus is more important than, than, than a, a, an hour and a half movie that's full of trash. I just need some entertainment. I actually turned off... Uh, Spectre the other night because I couldn't handle all the lust that he has in it. I'm not trying to put my conviction on you. I'm, all I'm trying to say is that the, these these are these are important. We ask ourselves. You got to go back to the question. Like, is there something in me? Like, what's up with me? My personal relationship with the Lord. Anyway, all right. Number four, don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That, that's a good. That's a direct uh, quote from Romans 12:21. We already read this. But number four is don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Uh, I was reading this commentary and I just had to quote this dude. It was so good. He said, Maintain your Christian principles amidst all opposition and thus show the power of the gospel. Think about that. 
Maintain your Christian principles in the midst of all opposition, and thus you'll show the power of the gospel. Don't be overcome by evil. Don't let that overcome you, and you catch that spirit and become that. But overcome evil with good, and show the power of the gospel. That the power of the gospel, come on, we say this all the time, that light wins over darkness every time. And that, you know, God's power is stronger than the power of the devil. And then a trial happens, and we're like, ah! You're like, wait a second, you just sing about what did we just sing about this? <laughs> like any song, like hell has lost its power, death has lost its day. And we're like, yeah, hallelujah. And then a trial hits us, we're like, oh God. <laughs> Is it the same power or not, man? Do not be overcome by evil. Don't let that trash get on you, but overcome evil with good. And consistently just let the light shine. Consistently show the power of the gospel. Another commentary said that if we adopt the, the same worldly tactics of hate and revenge, then you can be assured of your defeat. Oh, wow. Ooh, don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. We're not, we're not partnering with hate and revenge. We're partnering with forgiveness and love. Bless your enemies. Love your enemies. Come on, man. I mean, like, how do I do that? You got Jesus inside of you. Come on. Come on. <laughs> how in the world am I supposed to do that? The God who can do that lives inside of you. Come on, don't let that just be a phrase we say. God lives in you. Like, for real, though. For real. (laughs) Number five, don't become the thing you despise. And that it's like all kind of related here. Don't don't become the thing you despise. Are you guys okay? All right. This is what happens sometimes. Well, we actually catch the spirit of the thing that's attacking us, and with that spirit, we retaliate back. And so, a hot topic is racism right now. And we would say, man, all those white people are so racist. That sounds pretty racist, though. And without me even knowing it, I caught the spirit of racism, and I reflected it back onto the people who were being racist. That's crazy, man. We actually catch the very thing that's attacking us. I don't know if you have this on a real practical level. You get in an argument with somebody. Uh, I'm married, so I have opportunities for that. (laughs) (laughs) Opportunities. And you know what happens is that I actually, instead of diffusing the argument, I, I I catch that spirit of anger and revenge, and I spit poison back. And then we have ping pong. An unholy ping-pong of poisonous words. Y'all know what I'm talking about. If you have arguments with people, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's just like spewing poison back and forth. And we're like, see who can say the most wretched thing to each other. See who can stop the argument with the most horrendous thing to cut the other person down. See, I try to stop pretty good at that point. Because I'm really rude. But see, see, he knows, though. Because he knows I cannot become the thing that I despise. Because we know that we don't, it's ugly. That's letting ugly come out. And we don't want to be ugly. No one wants to be ugly in, in, in conflict. But we catch the very thing. We become the thing that we despise because, because we're like, oh crap, I forgot there's a higher way to live. <laughs> what did Paul say? I will now show you a more excellent way. And then he talks about love. Patient kindness. Doesn't keep a record of wrongs. There's a higher way. And this is, here, here's your opportunity to put a little, like, 
thing, like a little seed in your mind. The next time you get into a conflict with somebody, bless you, bruh. <laughs> bruh. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> now you have a moment, an opportunity to put this seed in your mind. The next time you get in a conflict, oh my gosh, I actually can, I can diffuse the entire thing. The Bible says a gentle word can actually uh, turn away anger. A soft answer can turn away anger. That's Proverbs 13. A soft word can turn away anger. That's why sometimes when I get in conflict with, with uh, even like with demonic stuff, I, some, I will speak with authority, but sometimes... It's just it's the, it's the gentle word, man. Because authority isn't in the volume. Authority is in knowing who you are. And so even in, even in counseling situations where there's heated conversations, I take the low route and say, okay, so how do you experience? Okay. And, I, and I, my tone is very, very soft and very docile compared to the, ah, you know. Because it's, it's different. Because we don't want to become the very thing to be despised. Number six, we have seven points. We're almost done. Number six is work at unity. Work at unity. Work at unity. Ephesians 4 talks about this. He says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And then he goes on to say, there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all. I love that, man. There's one God and Father of us all. So even in the midst of the the race wars and all these type of things, I love it because there's one God and one Father of us all. And did you know that heaven is not colorblind? (laughs) That's good news, man. Heaven is not colorblind. When, when the scripture says that John actually sees the multitudes, he sees every nation, tribe, and tongue. Yeah. It's not like the human race. Forget that, man. It's not the human race. It's every nation, tribe, and tongue. There's different ethnicities. There's different people. And every single uh, different ethnicity and nation shows a different side of the creativity of God. Yeah. Come on, that'll help us work at unity. <laughs> Because heaven isn't colorblind. When God showed us a glimpse of heaven, he saw every single nation, tribe, and tongue. And we ought to work at unity, man. Sometimes working at unity means taking the lower route. It means, it, it means uh, taking that slice of that humble pie. It means forgiveness. Come on, man. It, it's it's <laughs> forgiveness and, and letting things go. I, I can't tell you how many times, especially in my own personal prayer life, where I'm like, Lord, what do I do about this? And I, he says, let it go and move on. I hear that phrase constantly in my mind. Let it go and move on. Let it go and move on. Let it go and move on. I'm like, what, what do you mean let it go and move on? <laughs> this is an issue, Lord. <laughs> let it go and move on. Oh. <laughs> it's so crazy, man. That's probably why Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Yeah. Let it go and move on. Let it be like water off a duck's back. What? <laughs> you see that? How water just rolls right yeah. off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Working at unity. It's more important for, for me to be in connection with my brothers and with my sisters than it is for me to be right about everything. We gotta be we gotta be connected, man. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Number seven, last thing is find your anchor point. Find your anchor point. Because in the midst of trials and storms and stuff, this is what our life feels like. We're like tossed around like, ah, I can't handle this. Ah, it's so crazy. We got we to gotta find our anchor point. And I really believe it's the secret place. It's the presence of God. And it's the word of God. It's the scripture. There, there's something for me that I know that if I need to like get like, uh, using a new age term, get centered. <laughs> if I need to like get back in alignment, <coughs> I gotta go into worship. 
I got to go into the secret place. I got to go spend time in prayer with the Lord. Honestly, sometimes it's not declarations. It's not another podcast. It's not another sermon. It's not even coming to church, which I believe in, obviously. But it's you getting along with Jesus that makes a difference. It's you, whether that means getting in your car alone. Even today, I had a moment with the Lord, and, and, and this, is, this is what I felt. I, I was like, I was listening to that um, circuit writer song that goes like, We will go till the whole world knows that Jesus is alive. And I was like, oh God, like my heart was so stirred. Because we just saw like six people get their, give their lives to Jesus, and my heart was like freshly fired up. And so I had to go down the street to drop off something. And I'm in my truck, and I get out of the truck, and I'm about to walk away. And I felt like the Lord's like, go back in there. Like, okay, you know, like, I was like, uh, okay, so I go back in and play that song and just start interceding and just start praying and stuff, and I was like, oh, this is so good, and, so, and, and it's almost like you could feel the heart of the Lord going like, like, don't leave, don't leave, so you feel the heart of God, like, just don't, like, he doesn't want you to leave, you're like, oh, I gotta work, it's like, okay, we'll be in communion as I work or something, you know, I, and there's something about that place that allows you to deal with all the trash that's going on around you in the world. If you don't get to that place, I really believe that stress will sit on you. But you get to that place, and 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Cast all your anxieties and your cares on the Lord because He cares for you. And every time I found that place to be the anchor point, in the midst of turmoil and relationships, I go back to the Lord and say, God, I just need to be with you. And here's some things I need to give to you. And here's some forgiveness that I need to do right now. And actually, I'm going to pray for those people that hurt me because that's what you asked me to do. And I'm going to bless them. And I'll find that if I just do what he asked me to do, I find freedom and peace. Mm-hmm. It's so simple, but yet sometimes we, it, <laughs> things work so hard to get us away from the simplicity of just being with Jesus. And then our relationships are going haywire. Facebook's off the craziness. And, you know, it's like, I got to unfollow, like, 30 people because it's just crazy. You know, like, all this stuff. And, like, wait, 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 wait. I got to go back to the Lord and get, get my lenses cleansed, you know? And, and even more than that, it's the, very, it's the very scriptures. Jesus said that heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will by no means pass away. Good. So how do I know what's truth in the midst of a world full of opinions getting thrown left and right? Fox News is telling me something, CNN is telling me something, Facebook's telling me something, some fool's blog is telling me something, my friends are telling me something, my professors are telling me something, my, my you know, classmates are saying something, there's this argument going on, there's this. How am I supposed to know what truth is? Right here. Because at the end of the day, Trump's not going to be president forever, Hillary's not going to do whatever forever, like, the different race wars, they're not going to last forever. My issues and my emotions aren't going to last forever. The conflict's not, the fear's not going to last forever. <coughs> but this thing will. Good. And if I can go back to this place and give me an anchor point, then I have an anchor in the midst of a crazy storm. Isn't that what ships do in the midst of storm when they need to stay put in one place? They let down the anchor. That's what we, that's what, that's what we got to do. We got to run back to this thing. Like, the, gla- the grass fades and the flower fades... That's what, that's what Isaiah said, but the word of our God stands forever. And I'm telling you, that's why I devour this thing. That's why I read this thing. That's why I memorize this thing, because this is the only sure thing in a world full of wavering. When all the world's wavering, the only sure thing is the word of God. And sometimes I'm telling you this, 
because I love you. Sometimes we, we read this thing like once a week. And that's, that's like a good day for some of us. I'm telling you because I love you. I'm your pastor. Sometimes we neglect this thing. And this is the very thing that will actually give us freedom. This is the very thing that's going to be the anchor for you. Your, your life is getting tossed around like craziness. And this thing has dust on it. Because we have to ask the question, what determines our core values? What do you think Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego held on to no matter what? Their core value of their relationship with God. And what will determine your beliefs? The news or the word? <laughs> I hold fast to the truth that abortion is a sin because I believe the Bible. I hold fast to the truth. And the reason why is because God told Jeremiah, before I formed you in my mother's womb, I knew you. That means you're a real person before you're a real person. That means when people do abortions, you're killing people. Doesn't mean that if you've done that, you're going to go to hell or anything. All I'm trying to say is I hold that it's a sin because the scripture says it. Not because Dr. Phil said something, not because Oprah said something, not because my pastor said something. Because I believe this thing. I love people. I know people. I have, I have family members who've experienced that and done that. But I love them. It doesn't, doesn't change how I treat them. It just knows that I'm going to hold to the word. I, have, I, I know people you know, who are homosexuals, and I still believe that homosexuality is a sin. Straight up, because the Bible says it's perversion. Men did indecent things with men, and women went after their own lust after women. That's Romans 1. And they received themselves in themselves the due penalty for their perversion. And they went over to a depraved mind and they started doing some really nasty things. And God actually says that, that, that you know, bad, it's just not good. It's just not a good thing. I believe that with all of my heart. I don't care if it's politically correct or not. Because this thing will get me through life. Yeah. And the world's telling me stuff that, oh, well, you know, it's like a disease or something. That's, that's, no. No. <laughs> Am I going to believe this? Or believe this? People say alcoholism is a disease. It's a demon. It's not a disease. Amen, brother. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. We, we, we throw all this stuff out there. and we, It's like it, alcoholism is not a disease. It may be a demon that's tormented your family. But let's call it what it is, man. Let's be, and it's free, you can get free from it. <clears throat> what determines your belief? I'm just picking those really hot topics because... Because they're just hot topics right now. <laughs> and I, just like all of you, I believe racism is, is demonic. And I, and I believe that it's trash because God's not colorblind and he loves everybody. He's the God and father of us all. But I get all that because I believe this thing right here. And in the midst of a world that is throwing all kinds of, well, the medical doctor said this and they said this. So? Who are we going to trust? I'm going to trust the word. This isn't like weird stuff. I'll, I'll stand on this thing until the rest of my life. And even, okay, let's move off of some of those crazy issues. There's other things in life, man. What are you going to believe about your finances? You did a radical message. You're going to trust God. You're going to trust in money. <laughs> you, can't, you can only serve one master. You can't serve two, God or money. That's in the word. You know, you get what I'm saying on all this? We've got to find our anchor point. Because when we find that anchor point, we have a sure place to run to every time there's conflict. 
Be like, man, I am so frustrated with everybody because I feel like everyone's against me. What did the Bible say? Love your enemies. Bless those who persecute you. Pray for those who despitefully use you. Are you doing that? Are you writing blogs about them? (laughs) (laughs) That's what we do, man. (laughs) That's what we do. We like create blog sites about why everyone else sucks. And we're, we're in rebellion when we do that. Yeah. I'm saying a lot of stuff straight up tonight because I, I'm just coming to you as a father. I'm coming to you as a pastor. And I'm just going like, man, we're better than this stuff, man. Yeah. <clears throat> we're better than letting our mo- emotions get the best of us. Yeah. And I've been there with all of us, man. I've been there were moments where I've blown up and I said stupid things and I have to repent. I don't just sweep it under the rug. I repent. I go, if I'm in an argument with Rochelle and I blow up and say something stupid, like 10 minutes later, I'm like, honey, I'm sorry. I did this, this, and this, and this. And she's like the best wife in the world. She's like, honey, I forgive you. And like that quick, dude. She's like, and she's like, 10 minutes later, she already forgot about it. And I'm like sitting over there like dying in my, you know, despair that I just totally burned a bridge with my wife. And she's like moved on like she's playing with Hunter or something. And I'm like, honey, I'm sorry. You know, she's like, oh, I forgot about that. You know, or whatever, like. Like, you're the best wife in the world. You know? <laughs> That's just how she is, man. I don't know. If you, if you know her, she doesn't hold grudges very well, which is a great quality. <laughs> She's bad at holding grudges. I love that about her. If she holds it for a longer time, that's how I know I really jacked up. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how I know I'm in the doghouse for reals. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, man. I do all this, though, because the Bible says it, dude. I do all of it because I'm a follower of Jesus. I do all of it because I I, I, want to set a good example as a pastor, but before I'm a pastor, I'm a Christian. And if I take every single title away from me for the rest of my life, cool. I still follow Jesus. It's about Jesus, man. Can Can we be those people who embrace the principles of Jesus regardless of the stuff that gets thrown at us? It doesn't have to, some of you guys, it may not even have to do with election stuff. Cool, that's fine. It may have to do with family stuff. It may have to do with, uh, you know, friendship, boyfriend, girlfriend, marriage, whatever it is. Uh, These are things that you can take and apply to every area of our lives. So I just want to pray for us tonight. Lord, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I just want to thank you for your grace in the midst of relational conflict. And, and God, I thank you that you would give us your heart, Lord, that we would be able to actually represent Jesus in every area. That, like, like that thing said, behave like a Christian, that we'd be able to actually do that in every area of our lives. God, we know we cannot do this in our own strength. And I know, God, that we need you to do this, God. And so we're asking, God, by the, by the power of Christ in us, that we would actually be able to do this thing. That your nature is in us now. So that means that there's, there's, there's a supernatural ability that you put on us. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking you that you would release an impartation of, of a grace and an empowerment so that we could do the scripture, God. That you, you God, that, that the whole passage that we read through Romans 12, 9 through 21, that we would actually live this thing out. And, God, that you would, that you would uh, empower us by the Holy Spirit. To let love be sincere, to love with brotherly affection, to give preference, to honor one another. And that we would be constantly thinking, how am I representing Jesus? Through every Instagram, Facebook, whatever we're doing, blog, 
friendship stuff through every area of our lives. Not just in evangelism, God, but every area that let us be the light of the world. And I just thank you for it. Just put your hand on your heart. Just say this with me. Just say, Father. Actually, stand up. Let's stand up together. Are you guys okay? <laughs> Let's say this together. Say, Father. Father I, surrender I surrender to your ways. And your truth. And your word. And this night. I repent. For any area. Where I've been in rebellion. And I receive your forgiveness. And today. I commit. To following in your ways. Give me your strength. And empower me. By the Holy Spirit. To represent Jesus. In every conversation. In all my social media. In all my relationships. And today. Thank you for your mercy towards me. I'll be able to love. Because you loved me first. In Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. Amen. You get blessed tonight. Come on. Okay, let's for reals do a clap because that was kind of awkward.